Welcome, friends. I'm Sarah Ann Stewart, and this is the Awesome Inside Out Podcast. Now, I'm not sure how you ended up here today, but I want to welcome you with open arms. Because while our paths may be different, I'm going to take a wild guess that we share one common desire to have a deeply fulfilling, extraordinary life in a body that we love. A life free of diets, free from guilt, and free from shame. In each episode, we're going to dive deep into mindset shifts that give you the power to decide how you feel, not the media, not your past, and not social conditioning. Then you'll discover how to use this inspiration and this new sense of confidence to be the best you, the you that you are meant to be. So get ready, my friend. It is time to get awesome inside out. Hey there, thanks so much for tuning in to another interview episode on the Awesome Inside Out podcast. If you find value and inspiration from the conversation today and you want to support, the easiest way is by subscribing, leaving a five-star review, or sharing with the people that you love most. It would mean the world to me for others to have access to this powerful content, so thank you so much in advance. As always, make sure to stay till the end as I'm going to offer you some applicable takeaways and a fun challenge this week to upgrade your health. This week, we're diving into the art of living a more intuitive life, especially in relationship to food and your body. Because in a world of Photoshop and Instagram filters, obsessing over our number of likes and constant taglines like tips for a bikini-ready body, it's easy to slip into feelings of insecurity, self-criticism, and self-doubt. Now more than ever, with the help of technology and quick-fix marketing claims, we're tempted to try fast new ways to change our bodies and feel better about ourselves. As a culture, we go to great lengths to alter our physical appearance and feel confident in our skin. And maybe for a short time, some of these things work. We get a quick hit of self-esteem. We feel glamorous or confident, but it fades fast. Since the beginning of healing my relationship with my body, I tried to understand on a deep level how to truly embrace self-love. I've read hundreds of books on topics ranging from spirituality to religion to psychology to neuroscience, all in my attempt to fully understand what's preventing women from finding unconditional body confidence and self-love. What are the specifics that keep us disconnected from our own sense of self-worth and self-confidence? What is the resistance of letting go of the self-hatred and fully loving our bodies? To help us understand these questions, I've invited a former client of mine and now body love coach, Holly Futchman, to speak with us today. Holly's story is a powerful one. She spent several years as a competitive bikini model, becoming very sick and finally having to leave the industry. Now, Hallie has dedicated her life to helping women transform their bodies and lifestyles through practices of mindful eating, joyful movement, and a commitment to mental health. She specializes in intuitive eating and provides her clients with a lot of tools to break negative subconscious patterning and unhealthy behaviors around food. And Hallie's goal is always to aim for results that improve her clients' relationship to their bodies, as well as enhancing the quality of their lives. If you are searching for a way to upgrade and elevate your relationship with your body, this conversation is for you. Welcome, Holly, to the show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to see your face and to have this conversation. 
um, I miss you. Yes. I haven't seen you in so long. I know. It's so great to see your face too. I feel like it's a, it's a well overdue catch up session, I think. Yeah. And I'm excited to have this conversation specifically because as we were talking about before we dove into this, I met you seven and a half years ago. I had just started launching my practice around body love and self and self-worth and self-confidence and really doing the inner work and cultivating those feelings from the inside out rather than through dieting and detoxing and supplements and weight loss pills and all of the things. And what was so interesting was I tell your story over and over again, because you were one of my first clients that, that actually I actually did the work, actually did the work and <laughs> that took everything that had worked for me. And you were just so willing mm. and able to say, whatever you did, I'm willing to do it. Like I am mm -hmm. ready to do this work on myself. I'm tired of living this way. I'm tired of being in this place in my life where um, I'm looking for everything externally. I've tried every detox and diet on the planet and I'm ready. And what I think is so important that women hear, and this is why I wanted to have this conversation with you most specifically is because it's very easy to look at the before and after pictures. It's very easy to see something online and based on cultural conditioning and societal conditioning and the way that we're raised, we believe that those before and after photos came with an eight minute ab workout or they think that they came because of a diet or a detox that was a quick fix and it happened very quickly and what they don't see in the before and after is all of the work that's put in all of the patience mm. the willingness the dedication the showing up every day for yourself the small habits that add up and they don't see the inner work that it takes the the, the work of changing your relationship to your body because it's okay to have a before and after picture Picture, but if the results aren't sustainable and your health isn't sustainable and you actually don't feel good, then what's the point? And so mm -hmm. it's, it's really about re-educating America specifically and women that this process is not a quick fix and that women need to start telling the truth. And that's why I'm excited for you to just deep dive and tell your story, <laughs> kind of like how we met, this process for you, how you've become a coach now and what you went through, because this has been seven years in the making like this is yes, not and my journey was a decade of doing this inner work and yet we're yeah. still doing it and we just had a conversation you know two weeks ago and we were like we're still in it we're still yeah. doing the tool using the tools and doing the breath work and all the things that we use to cultivate the the initial steps and the courage to take that leap of faith and so can you just share with us a little bit about your journey and how you got to this place so women can truly hear the the truth behind cultivating body love. Yeah. <laughs> the nitty gritty. Um, yeah, again, Sarah, I'm so glad to see you. You make me so happy. Um, and I'm excited to tell my story and tell it on your podcast because so often in my own practice, when I refer to so much of my own work, because you know, part of your own story is what inspires your clients, and the people you work with. I always refer to my coach, like my health coach, who really helped me and gave me these tools. And so you and your energy is very present in the work that I do with my clients. So I just want to thank you first and foremost, right there. My story is, I think many women can relate to this and rather you're a dancer or like you were a model, Sarah, or an athlete or really any woman that's just trying to 
understand why she can't love her body was really where I started. I was deeply saturated in the fitness world for many, many years. And I got very entrenched in the diet culture and fitness modeling and fitness competitions, which if anyone knows, if you are uh, in the bodybuilding world or the fitness competition world, you know what a toll it takes on your body and more so your mind because the discipline is just so extreme. And I just want to say, I have to always stop and say, I know this is a sport that is still respected and has a lot of good benefits for certain individuals. So I just always want to say this was my experience. I always get a lot of feedback saying like, this saved my life. And I think that that's beautiful and that's certain people's stories. But this is just my my experience in the industry and, and in the sport. So I was deeply entrenched in, in the fitness modeling world and competing. And it came on the tail end of a very sort of dark period in my life where I got married super young. I was divorced. I was dealing with the death of my father, who was an alcoholic and an addict. I was single for the first time in my life, living in New York, trying to survive. And there were all of these things going on in my world. And then I sort of got into this industry. So I was very emotionally vulnerable and spiritually vulnerable. And through my whole life, I had really, especially in my teenage years, kind of again, similar to you, Sarah, which is why I was so attracted to your story. Personal development was always in my world. It was always in my force field. I was really attracted to, you know, Marianne Williamson and Wayne Dyers and the idea of manifestation and creating your own future and co-creation. And I was very attracted to that. And so that was always something that inspired me. And I always sort of hung on to in the back of my mind. But it certainly fell away when I started to get deep into this fitness world. And then not to cut the story, but that became very unsustainable my health started to deteriorate. I was depressed all the time. I was miserable. I suffered from body dysmorphia. I was binge eating. I was making myself grow up. I lost my period. And I just was always comparing myself to all these other women. And it was just such an exhausting, awful space to be in. So I decided to leave the industry, which I felt would solve the problem. (laughs) And I laughed because we know the second going to quit modeling. You're like, oh no, it only gets worse after there. So I decided to quit the sport and just sort of give up all of the restriction and try and be quote unquote normal. I'm air quoting because you guys can't see me, but trying to be a normal girl in New York. And it was just impossible. I gained a ton of weight back because I was still suffering from binge eating. And I just couldn't understand. I couldn't get out of the mental loop of well, if I just do this six-week cleanse, if I just do this six-week program, I'll be back to my six-pack and everything will be fine. And I was in that kind of mentality of just binging and dieting mm-hmm. and dieting. And I couldn't understand. I would see all these healthy, beautiful women drinking wine and having pizza with their girlfriends and looking beautiful. And I couldn't understand why that couldn't be me, why I couldn't be happy and I couldn't eat and I couldn't feel good in my body. So I had started seeing a therapist. You know, she's very helpful in helping me be more compassionate to myself and looking at my life and, and understanding the mind. But I still thought I understood myself very well after working with her, but I didn't feel that I knew how to really go deep and clean up the beliefs about myself. I could clean up my mind a little bit, but I couldn't really change my beliefs. And then I was just Googling, you know, like, <laughs> like I was just Googling looking for help and you popped on my screen. And I think I shot you an email for like a free 15 minute chat. And I kind of broke down to you on the phone and just told you in tears my whole story. And 
and then we worked together for like two years and mm-hmm. it was tough like Sarah you it was tough work we did but I knew enough about personal development to understand that this was the way and I had enough self-awareness through therapy to be able to really know that I had reached my limits there and that I needed more and you know I just identified with you so much and you were so compassionate we kind of broke down every week what I was feeling what I was going through you taught me too like how you do one thing is how you do everything right so mm-hmm. maybe we would talk about how I binged a bag of pita chips but I also was stood up on a date you really were able to kind of look at all these different aspects of my life how they were tied together mm-hmm. and how my body was a reflection of that I mean I feel like I'm here today because of so much of what we did uh, yeah. yeah and I I just honor you for doing the work. And it was so interesting because I remember maybe a year and a half, two years in, we were sitting in a Starbucks and you brought all of the journals. Like there was like a pile of journals and you were showing me, you're like, I did all the work. Like this is it. And just hours and hours and hours of work. And that's what I want women to hear. I want women to understand that, yes, we can do the breath work in the moment. We can recognize the trigger. We can breathe through emotion. We can shift our experiences. But to get to the clearing that you talked about, to get to the point where you actually clear and let go of old stories, but then you replace those stories with new empowering beliefs. When you replace the, well, my body isn't something that I relate to from an identity standpoint where I look a certain way, but it is actually a a vessel and a vehicle to live out my purpose and my impact. To create that shift or that belief takes time. It's not something that you do overnight. And I and I do see this one to two year window where where women, you know, within the first eight weeks of working together, and you see this with your clients now too, new belief systems, new emotions, new habits are taking form. But it's really about the sustainability. And it does take that year, two years to place all of those old cultural beliefs, media beliefs, societal beliefs that have been projected on us for so many years. And the other point I want to get at is that these beliefs didn't happen overnight. And so to replace them and think that they're going to all of a sudden get let go of overnight is also Mm -hmm. doing ourselves a disservice. And it takes that time to really deep dive and say, okay, it took me years and years and years to hate my body. And so now it's going to take a little bit of time to finally fall in love with it. (laughs) And I wanted to ask you about the relapse part, because I think that's the part where women get so frustrated. And what I witnessed with you as a client and what I see you do so beautifully now with your clients is the self-forgiveness piece and the letting go of the relapse when we think we've done something wrong. And again, that's all our own interpretation of the experience, right? And so can you walk us through that part? Because there were definitely times where you called me crying and texting me and saying like, I will never ever love my body. And yet in those moments, you were able to find the compassion and the self-love and continue to move forward. Yeah. You know, it's funny, Sarah, that you just brought up the forgiveness because I have like a little note here. I was thinking about the work that we did. And one of the most powerful exercises that I think we did together was when I was writing forgiveness letters. I mm-hmm. you had me sort of write these forgiveness letters to to my father, to my coaches, to the judges at the competitions, to ex-boyfriends. And then the last one you had me do was like write a forgiveness letter to myself. And I remember that one exercise, and this is what I think is important too when it comes to relapsing and doing this work and what you said about taking time is I wrote that forgiveness letter. But then I 
continue to read it over and over and over and over again, right? So I really got to a space through our work to deeply forgive myself for all of the abuse that I put onto my body from my thoughts to my actions. And I also had to see myself as instead of being angry at myself and ashamed of myself, I started to be able to see myself as very vulnerable mm-hmm. um, to society, to social conditioning. We're like burst into the world and we're just downloading information without even getting an opportunity to choose if we want to download that information. And then you start to put trauma on top of that. And suddenly you're in the perfect storm of these addictions or these eating disorders or these unhealthy relationships. So I would have these binging experiences or those shameful negative thought patterns. And I would be like, God, Holly, I thought you were over this. Why are you still spinning in this, these patterns? I would sort of reconnect with myself, read that forgiveness letter where I sort of said, I forgive you for everything. Like, this is not your fault. This is all a result of your vulnerability, the lessons you needed to learn. This is part of your soul's path. Whatever you experience now is happening for you. You and I did so much work about how the universe wants to give us our highest path as fast as possible. And we just have to get out of the way. And it's our ego that's in the way. And so I would just forgive my ego and be like, that's Holly, that's not really you. Like, that's okay. You're falling back into a pattern. You are going into survival mode and that's okay. Right. But you have the tools now to shift. Mm. And, and I think so many individuals that go through recovery or go through this work, you have that one moment where you realize that it's working, right? And it's the moment when you're not thinking about it, right? You're just like, oh my God, I didn't have a negative thought today. Or, oh my gosh, I remember with me, I think I texted you, it was like Thanksgiving. And I was like, Sarah, I had Thanksgiving with my family and I didn't worry about food at all. And I just realized it now when it's eight o'clock at night. And that was the moment where I realized like, oh my gosh, it just became automatic. It just became my new way. But only through going back and forgiving myself every time and being compassionate every time and remembering that we're born into these circumstances and we're all just doing the best that we can. Mm -hmm. And every opportunity you have to learn the lesson again or to course correct a little quicker is getting you one step closer, right? That's what you used to say to me, right? Even though you're not exactly where you want to be, you're closer and that's a win. Mm -hmm. And so that was something that also helped me with those relapse moments. Yeah, I do believe that we're victims of all of this conditioning. Like I do believe strongly and some marketers might not know it, they might be unconscious of it, but I do believe that a lot of marketers are conscious of the way that they are marketing to us and and they know that they can sell us a product and when it fails, we're gonna buy another product. And so I do believe that it is okay to say that we are victims of social conditioning and certain marketing tactics and the way that we have been advertised to. And once we're aware, like you said, then it's the responsibility. Then it's the radical Mm -hmm. responsibility to do better and to notice and witness the advertisement or the marketing campaign and say, ah, I understand what you're trying to do and you're trying to trigger me into a certain way of feeling or an emotional response and trying to convince me that I'm not worthy of the way that I am, but I'm not going to fall for it this time because I know Mm -hmm. better now. And I think that that's the power step that so many women don't get right away because it's like once they fall into it, they feel guilty and they feel shameful, but they don't realize that it is actually their responsibility and and it is important for them to take an empowered stance. So it's both. It's like having compassion and love for 
for falling victim and being empowered to say, I'm going to step into a better way of being and living, not for my, just for myself, but for humanity and for the consciousness, because I'm voting with my dollars. And the more that I make a stance for what's true, marketers will have to change in the way that we witness even TV and media and all of the cultural conditioning will have to shift as well. And I think, you know, like you said, most often there's trauma, there's pain, there's wounding, there's a negative relationship with our parents. I know mine was my mother. And that fueled the perfect storm, as you shared, that then I would gravitate it to those totally. marketers and to those different aspects of the media and culture that that continue to validate those unworthy feelings. Right, right. And I remember too, exactly, you know, I remember it's very sneaky how this this works, right? Mm -hmm. Like I remember what kept me, I'll use the word addicted, but what kept me sort of addicted to that lifestyle was the response that I got. I got mm -hmm. positive response. I got lots of attention, you know, as I know you did, you get attention from agencies and men and who's a personal trainer. So clients and, you know, people will ask you, wow, when's your next show? Wow, you look amazing. You know, you feel like you're special. You feel mm -hmm. you get like sort of addicted to this positive response. And what you realize is that over time and through doing the work is that is what you're craving, right? You're craving positivity. You're craving love. You're craving validation, right? And so it's right now it's manifesting in modeling or it's manifesting mm -hmm. in competing. And when you're able to really separate and identify, why do I keep doing this to myself to the point where I'm ill? Oh, because I'm doing it because I just want to feel special or I just want to feel recognized or I just want to feel that I'm doing something I never thought that I could. And when you're able to separate that, then all of a sudden the sport or the modeling or whatever that addiction is really starts to dissipate, right? And that is what I want to get to the root of, of explaining what's the work that you do and why and I do and why it takes time is because actually you can figure that out in your mind. Sure. Sure you can. But can you really reprogram it in your heart? Can you really reprogram it in your spirit? And then can you try and get all of that into alignment? And then can you do even something scarier and change your behaviors that you're addicted to to get in alignment with that? And all of that, mm -hmm. so much self-compassion and mm -hmm. so much devotion and so much support. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a lot. <laughs> and, the and the courage, right? The courage yeah. to step away from your old identity. And for you, it was the validation from bikini modeling from me, it was, it was fashion modeling. And it's like, that's that there's a real identity attached to that. And then, then it becomes, who will I be when I finally let this go? And what else do I have? And what other ways can I serve? And in those moments, I, I think the subconscious believes it's like, how else can I get this dopamine hit? Like how else can I get the validation and the self-worth and the self-respect yeah. and the self-confidence outside yeah. of the modeling industry? And so it feels like this terror. It's like mourning your old self and recognizing that you're not going to get that validation anymore. And then you're left alone in the dark, having to yeah. confront the fact that you have to find that within yourself. And the challenge with that becomes if you've never ever looked at yourself as this like beautiful spirit and soul that's doing beautiful things on this planet and creating this epic life, and if your life doesn't reflect that at a time, you're in the dark, you're sitting there by yourself saying, well, now I can't even feel that for myself and my life doesn't reflect that. So then right. I have to have the courage to do the inner work, cultivate all of those feelings, and I have to do the work to go out and create the life that actually reflects 
inner self-love, self-confidence, self-esteem, yeah. yeah, how you want to yep. feel. And yep. so yep. it's this reverse engineering approach, which again, so often, and I repeat this over and over again, and most often in the logic mind, it makes sense. Well, it would make sense to cultivate self-love, self-worth, self-esteem first, but if you don't recognize that and you haven't been told that you're wanting that dopamine hit every single day and when you don't get it, it feels like death. It literally is this mourning process and it's so dark and so painful. And it's important to just come back to self-love and self-confidence and, and recognize deep within all of us, we have those feelings. They've never gone away. It's just they've been diluted and suppressed by all of this conditioning. But I believe, and, and I'm curious for you, that those feelings, like the self-love and the deep body love, it's always in there. It's been in there since we've been born, but it's just about coming back to witnessing it and removing the layers so that we could feel it. Yeah. That was also, to your point, another layer of challenge because you could do all the work on, okay, now I'm going to feel body love for myself. But if you're still stepping into the same circle of friends, that have those other values or if you're still stepping into that world because these are my quote-unquote friends or these are my quote-unquote clients or this is how I make my money but I really know what I'm doing on the inside it just doesn't work like that you're just totally out of alignment and this is why it was such a process for me and I think it's, it's a lifelong process but at that time I mean slowly and slowly I left my job I started my own company I completely had a different circle of friends. I remember mm -hmm. we really focused on that, Sarah, and trying for me to find like-minded women that love their bodies and not women that are trying to change their bodies <laughs> and just like trying to find really healthy couples instead of spending time with couples that are in dysfunctional relationships. All these different things, that takes a lot of energy, but yeah. it also makes loving yourself easier when you're when it's reflected in your environment mm -hmm. um and i think for me it sort of happened it was a dual process thing to recognize that that self-love was in me the whole time and to get in touch with it because so much goes on and as we get older we just forget how to get in touch with that was just in every moment trying to step into a space of joy and mm -hmm. i realized that when you do something that just brings you genuine joy and happiness, no matter how small it is, that's a radical act of self-love. Like that's bringing you a step closer to who you're meant to be. That's your intuition, right? The joy is the signal. And if that joy is maybe out of step with what a societal norm is, then that's also telling you something as well, right? So I think in these little moments, I started to look like, is this really bringing me joy in this moment? Yes or no. And if it was a no, I just edged away from it. And then slowly, you're just kind of honoring your own joy. And those joyful choices is what self-love is. And that sort of, on a, on a minor level, I think that really helped me get into that space to make those choices more natural and start to get embedded into my subconscious. Mm, yeah, I love that. And I lo also love how you shared that there's this unwillingness to tolerate certain behavior anymore. And so whether that's with our family or our friends or in our career or in our community or with our clients, it's just it's just once you actually witness and feel the inner self-love and the joy that actually is possible, then when you're distant from those other aspects of your life that aren't as in alignment, when you come back to them, there's this disconnect where it's like, I can no longer tolerate this behavior because I recognize that my body is this beautiful vessel. I only have so much time on this planet and I want to spread and be in as much joy and love 
as possible. And these little things that I think are so important. I mean, I even think about how I neglected so much joy because my body was bloated or I was on my period or my dress didn't fit. Instead of just going and buying a new dress, I like would wait until (laughs) my dress would fit to like go back out into the world. And and I just think about like how much of my life did I miss out on that I can never get back like the early 20s and the mid 20s. I I just think about that. And although I have compassion for that time, I also just think had I been able to learn this earlier and really recognize what's beyond the mind, I would have created my business sooner. I would have had different relationships sooner and friendships. And so that's what I'm an advocate for. And I know you are too. It's like really Mm -hmm. helping women recognize that their life is waiting for them on the Mm -hmm. other side of this. Yeah, and that it's a choice, right? Mm-hmm. That we actually, in those moments that we're suffering, we can choose not to. And I know that that feels scary and it feels like I don't know how to change my thoughts. I don't know how to make the shift. But when you really, to what you said about taking empowered action, when you really recognize that you not only have the responsibility, but you have the choice. You have the choice to not kill yourself in that class. You have the choice to not Mm -hmm. binge. You have a choice to eat the ice cream. You have choices. And if it's coming from a space of joy and self-love, that is going to push you into that direction that you're desiring to be. And that's going to push you into that space of true health and optimal self-love. And that's sustainable, right? That is what's sustainable. And that's what we're all striving for. Mm -hmm. Hey there, friend. Are you loving this podcast? I want to continue to support you. So the simplest way to do this is to head over to sarahannstewart.com and pop into the newsletter. Doing this ensures that you never, ever miss any details of our new projects, products, upcoming events, or issues that are near or dear to my heart. You're also going to get access to the movement. This is the inner circle of people just like you standing in their power to bring more truth and a new level of consciousness where all individuals get to live a diet-free life in a body that they love. So pop on over to sarahannstewart.com and subscribe, and I'll see you on the inside. I wanted to hear your explanation and talk a little bit about choices from a place of self-love because I think people get caught up on this a lot and they get confused and they think, well, if I love myself, I'm going to deprive myself because that means my body will be a certain way or I'll have a certain you know, health. Yes, um, yes. Or if I love myself, I'm going to be complacent and I'm just going to eat pizza and ice cream all day. And that's what self-love is. And so there's a lot of disconnect happening right now when we talk about self-love and self-worth and self-esteem and, and actually taking and making choices from those energetic places. And so I'm curious for you, because I know you still eat, I quote unquote, what people would deem like unhealthy foods once in a while, totally. and you still love totally. your wine and, you, yes. and you, you're not beating yourself oh, you up. you know and, me so well, Sarah. <laughs> and you're not, I, I, I know for sure you're not yeah. beating yourself up in the gym every yeah. day. Like yeah. I know that you're still making choices for your health and then also enjoyable choices. So can we walk a little bit through this? (laughs) Totally. It's very confusing. I know. I feel like, and I I just want to preface this, and I'm not saying this for any specific reason, except that I want women to know that it's possible. So I want women to know that it's possible. I am at my healthiest weight that I've ever been. And I live what I consider a balanced lifestyle, like Sarah just mentioned. I eat very healthful. I follow intuitive eating. I listen to my body. 
And in conjunction with what I said earlier, I really look at my food choices and I say to myself, is this choice nourishing my mind, body, and spirit? Is this choice nourishing my mind, body, and spirit? And I mean, more than not, the answer to that is always the food, the the beverage that is nourishing your body, right? Because when you start to develop this deep love and respect for your body, you can't deprive it. It's like having a baby, right? Like if you love your baby, you can't deprive your baby of food or you can't deprive your baby of nourishment. And so when you get into that space of deep deserving and I deserve to be healthy, I deserve to enjoy my food. I deserve to love every inch of myself, every inch of my body. When you get into that space and you really believe it, all of the choices become very easy to just have one glass of wine. It's very easy to have a green juice. These choices become very easy when you're in alignment in that way. And I think asking those questions as part of the work is really important. You know, when you're faced with the choice of I'm craving this or should I have this, you know, just ask yourself, is this choice helping me step into a space of pure nourishment and love? And that clears everything up really easily because you know, sometimes when you're deep diving and and binging on something or eating something because you're sad or you're lonely or you're scared or what have you, you, that becomes very obvious when you ask yourself that question, right? Or when you're eating something because you need energy and you need to nourish yourself and you're hungry, that choice becomes very easy. So just based on that question alone, I find that I can really have a balanced diet where I feel for my body really satisfied. And I think that that becomes easier and easier, the clearer the dialogue becomes between your mind and your body. The more you do these exercises, the more you do the inner work, the more you journal, it starts to become this automatic way of being. And very clearly, you'll just find yourself sort of drawn to whatever it is you feel you need. And you're confident in the choice, as opposed to second guessing your choice, right? Yeah, I love that. I think, I think what you mentioned earlier what's so important about cravings is that your cravings can be physical, they can be emotional, they can be spiritual. And until you actually allow yourself to witness the truth behind the craving or the truth behind what it is that you're reaching for, we think that it's a physical response, right? We're like, okay, well, we're low on blood sugar, so we're just going to grab that pizza. But often it's it's an emotional response. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's often it's being triggered or it's that you actually ate don't feel like you have the purpose or creating the impact you want in your life or you saw something on social media or you got a text from a friend and that's triggering you. And until you're willing and able to sit down and actually connect to your heart and witness the truth behind what is driving the behavior, that's when habits begin to shift and when we become uncomfortable in the discomfort of whatever's showing up and holding love and compassion, like you said before, and saying, I love myself regardless of the fact that I'm jealous right now, or regardless of the fact that I'm comparing myself to another girl, or regardless of the fact that the guy I just went on a date with hasn't called me back. Whatever is showing up for you is no longer the excuse to avoid it and go binge, but it's the gateway and the path to the forgiveness and the love. And I believe it, it's kind of like the tunnel into the self-love. It's like it's yeah, like yeah, it's like the absolutely. access point into the heart where the self-love and self-compassion and yeah, the gratitude that we're able to witness those emotions actually exists. And I think that as we as we allow ourselves to feel, that's when we begin to heal these parts mm-hmm. of ourselves. 
What I loved about watching and witnessing your wedding was like, you didn't change size. It wasn't like no. you were like, no. you went shopping for your wedding dress. That's the size yeah. you were. Tell me if I'm wrong. Cause I, I no, wasn't there shopping with you, percent right. but I saw that it was like, you went shopping for your wedding dress and then literally you got married and it, there was yeah. none of this, like talk about bridal yes. detoxing and having to lose weight and from my experience, just from a reflection standpoint, it seemed like you were so happy the entire time and there was no pressure and no fear and no stress and no worry. It was just like, this is who I am. My husband loves me exactly how I am. Mm -hmm. I don't have anything to prove and I get to get married (laughs) in this body that I love, which is my dream for all women. I know. Isn't it like a wild concept to not go on a wedding diet? I know. And that's what's so incredible. That's, again, one of those life moments where it's just, I don't have to worry or stress about my body. My body's got me. This is my body. This is her. I nourish her the way she deserves. I love her the way she deserves. And in turn, she gives me back everything that I am. I always try to talk to clients about this relationship. The more you trust your body, the more your body's going to trust you. So the more you listen to what your body really truly needs and wants, the easier it is for your body to be at its optimal weight. The easier it is for you to sleep better. The easier it is for you not to get injured. The more you listen, the more you respond, the easier it is for your body to trust you back. And I think that was what was so cool about going through this period in time from my wedding is that I've been doing this work and trusting my body and eating intuitively and feeling super great that when it was time to shop for a wedding dress, I didn't even think about it. They measured me. I put my arms up. We like tried it on and, and that was it. And I didn't even worry about it. And that's crazy, right? Mm -hmm. Like when you think about it, but it's just such a result of all of these, the deep beliefs, right? Mm -hmm. The deep beliefs. And something that this just made me think of, which is kind of silly, but I used to write out, and I still do, I kind of write out my visions exactly in detail. And like three years before I met my husband, I had to send this to you, Sarah, because it's, it's so you. You would totally get it. I like wrote this thing out on my phone about the man I'm manifesting. And like the last, the last <laughs> line, the last line was like, Um, my husband loves me unconditionally, no matter what I look like. And like, Mm. that's the last line. And that's exactly how I felt. And it just made it such an easy, stressless experience when it came to wedding planning. I didn't even worry about my body at all. Mm. In fact, I served like barbecue and like carrot cake and sliders. I was like, (laughs) why not? (laughs) so fun. Yeah. It's, it's so beautiful to witness. And often people think, oh, well, that feels like so much work. But the beautiful part of it is you got to have this incredible wedding where you weren't stressed. And not only that, this is the rest of your life. Your body's going right. to change as you go into motherhood. Your body's going to change as both of our bodies, as we age, as we go through mm-hmm. menopause, as life happens, our bodies are going to change. I actually gained, I don't weigh myself, but I would assume probably like eight to 10 pounds during COVID. And I, like, I woke up one day, I was like, wow, I I'm noticing that my body's holding weight. Like, what is this about? But there wasn't the stress about it. It wasn't like I went into panic. It wasn't that I Mm -hmm. went down this spiral. It was really this witnessing it and then being in the internal discomfort of like, what's happening right now? And then I recognize some ways that I'm not taking care of myself or the lack of self-care or the stress right. or the anxiousness of, what, of right. what exactly. co- what's happening mm-hmm. during this pandemic. And 
part of that was my body's protecting me and being in the witness of that and saying, right now I've been in so much stress, like with, with a pandemic, it's like something we've never experienced before. And how can I just give my body some love and compassion for the fact that this happened and there's nothing wrong. It's just protecting me. And I know the little things that need to take place in order to step back into a healthier space. But four or five years ago, I would have, and probably, I mean, 10 years ago, I would have spiraled really, really bad. Totally. A few years ago, yeah. it would have been been like, get back in the gym, let's go. And and in this, I just witnessed, okay, let's breathe through this. Let's do a little mm -hmm. meditation. Yeah. Let's really recognize what's going on and, and trust that I can get back to a healthier state. And so I think it's important too, like you said, your body wants to support you. And so even if it is holding weight or if it's behaving in a way mm -hmm. that you deem against what your mind wants. It's actually trying to be in homeostasis, it's trying to be in balance, it's trying to protect you. And when we neglect that voice mm -hmm. and, and its attempt, then it's just going to work harder against us. And so we have to exactly. work with it and say, thank you for behaving this way, even though it doesn't feel good to the mind, connecting yes. to the heart and saying, thank you so much for trying to protect me and being in the state of survival and showing me something's off, whether that's hormones or your thyroid or adrenals mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Thank you for waking me up. Mm -hmm. And I think a big lesson for both of us was the more you ignore the body, the louder it gets. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's like, <laughs> and I feel so lucky. I mean, every day I feel so lucky that I was able to learn these lessons when I did because it's so painful to watch individuals that go their whole life without even realizing the abuse that they're putting on their bodies because it's deemed normal in society, because it's what is quote unquote expected or it's what you see on social media or in these like magazines. And they think that oh, this is what I need to do. But yet they're constantly getting injured or, or their hormones are off or they're gaining weight. And instead of being like, oh, so this isn't working, let me make a shift. They think, oh, what am I doing wrong? I Let me just keep punishing myself and going harder, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And the body is just gonna, like you said, keep screaming and screaming and screaming until, I know you and I both have these experiences, until it just shuts down and mm -hmm. you're in the hospital and you... Mm -hmm. You have to make a choice and you have to see things differently. Yep. That trusting relationship is really important. And I think that's what we have to learn how to strengthen is that listening. And women are so intuitive. We have these beautiful cycles. We have these beautiful tools within our own bodies. What women's bodies do on their own is absolutely, incredibly miraculous. And we just have to trust that and love it. Mm -hmm. And the more we do that, the more the body will respond, the more the body will come into alignment, the more right. you'll feel like you're operating at a better level. It's right. just this, it's just this relationship we have to strengthen, like all other relationships that mm -hmm. are important in our life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's no longer that resistance, the resistance energy. And again, it's counterintuitive. It's so hard to hear. And I get that from a logical place because it was so even counterintuitive for me when I started this work. It was like, what do you mean? You want me to let go of my mind? But my mind is in control of everything. But it's really getting back in the body, getting back in the heart. I always say, if you want freedom from the body, from the mind standpoint, you have to get in the body. You actually have to feel mm -hmm. the body you have to be in the experience of what it's telling you on a daily basis. And Again, I want to make it very clear that, you know, you and I are speaking from a place of many years of work and being in those that really, really dark place where I, I can speak for myself, like I hated every part of my body and wanted everything changed. And if I had mm -hmm. the money, I probably would have done plastic surgery on everything. Like that's 
how depressed and how disconnected mm-hmm. I was from myself because I was in comparison to every other model around me and wanting so badly to prove myself and make my income and my means on, you know, what I'm selling, which was my body. And so that Mm -hmm. mindset got so disrupted and so dark and so down the rabbit hole. And I know it's, it can be triggering to hear a podcast like this and be like, well, it sounds like they have this all together now, but I want to remind women that we were both very, very challenged by our bodies. Mm -hmm. It was Mm -hmm. a very dark (laughs) place for a long time. And also, you know, it's interesting, Sarah, back to like, you know, when we were talking a couple of weeks ago about how we're still doing the work, right? Mm -hmm, Like mm -hmm. we're healed in so many ways, but those insecurities pop up in different areas of your life. And, but because you have the self-love, you're able to get it in alignment. Like your example is just beautiful about like gaining weight in COVID. Yeah. Like you have those immediate, like, okay, this is, this is interesting, right? Mm -hmm. But you have all the tools and the self-love to pull it into alignment and then to step into the space of how can I be my highest self in this moment and love my body? Mm-hmm. And, and it takes time to get there. And it's not a straight path. Like it doesn't, it's not overnight. It really does take time. I remember this is like one of my favorite examples you gave me about, I feel like I came to you and I was like, I don't understand. Like I went my whole life being so healthy. And now all of a sudden I'm just, now I'm out of control of my body. And like, I didn't understand how I could go 27 years, never having an issue. And then like one year in the fitness industry. And now my whole life has blown up and I can't get it back on track. And I remember you compared it to getting hit by a car. Do you remember this? No. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my God, Sarah, this is like the best example. And you're like, Holly, you went through trauma. You could cross the street a million times, but if you cross the street once and you get hit by a car and you heal and you, you get better, every time you go to cross the street, you're always yeah. looking left and mm-hmm. right, right? Do you mm-hmm. remember that? And so every time you cross the street or every time you're faced with those moments, that experience of being hurt is still within us. It's still mm-hmm. within me. It's still within mm-hmm. you. And I think it's what drives us to serve women in this space. We still have that pain, but but now we just don't look left and right as much because we're confident. We're waiting for the light right. before we cross the street, right? right? Where we have those tools now. When these little things come up, you know, in life, sometimes I'm like, oh, okay, this is interesting now that I'm 36 and things are looking a little different. That's that insecurity pops up but I'm able to pull it back Mm -hmm. more. And so that doesn't go away. And that's what keeps that, it's like meditation, right? That keeps coming back to the breath. You keep coming back to the tools and that's what what makes them stronger, those tests. Yeah, I love that. I love the idea that certain exercises and ways of healing, it's not like copy and paste either. So it's similar to diets. You can't copy and paste a diet and it's gonna work for everyone because of bio-individuality. It's the same thing, and this is why it's so important to work with a coach or work with someone who can navigate your internal world and help you when a certain exercise or experience doesn't work for you. Because again, I think people get these journals or they get these workbooks or these self-development courses, and there's nothing wrong with them, and they're great, and I've done so many, and they've helped me, but they're not always applicable to you where you are right in that moment. And then we build shame and guilt when they don't work for us. And we have to continue to remind ourselves that different programs and different ways of doing the inner work is going to be different based on what you've been through and what you're comfortable with, what you feel safe. I remember even forgiveness letters were very, very hard for me for a very long time and I didn't feel safe and I didn't feel like going there yet. And so you have to navigate what feels safe, what feels in alignment for your world. But then also you have to be a little bit discomforting, right? Like there's that part of you that's like, 
you can't just say, well, I want, I, I don't feel safe, so I'm going to just avoid it. It's like there's mm-hmm. this, ge- this gentle balance of recognizing what, <laughs> mm-hmm. what necessarily is ready for you to step into and ready to confront the discomfort and then what maybe comes at a later time. And that again yeah. is a delicate balance. And that's why it's important to have someone support you or just to be doing the inner work to recognizing what steps are most appropriate for you at different mm-hmm. times, because not everything mm-hmm. is for everyone. And although I recommend meditation for everyone, sometimes we start with mindfulness meditation. Sometimes we start with different d- visualization meditation. Sometimes we start with the breath. It really depends on where you are and what, right. what's happening. <laughs> I remember, I remember Sarah, we because I was in like the diet culture and the fitness world. And I remember after we did our consultation, you know, you responded to me and you were like, because of course I just wanted like a diet. I wanted <laughs> you to like tell me. And you were like, um, I think you know enough about food. <laughs> so we're actually, we're going to skip the whole nutrition portion. <laughs> you're like, we're going to skip the whole nutrition portion and we're just going to focus on, on this. And I was like, interesting. Having a coach who's able yeah. to help me identify where I was and what mm-hmm. I needed because mm-hmm. sometimes we we think we want something but our deeper self our inner mm-hmm. knowing knows what we really what we really need um, yeah but- oh my gosh that's like that's like <laughs> flashback because I also remember you wanted to lose like five pounds it was like it was yeah. it was like a very small amount of weight and you were like so you're gonna give me a nutrition and movement plan right and I'm like nope <laughs> you're like you're five feet tall no I mean, I would never tell someone they don't need to lose weight, but I was like, let's just focus on these other things. Yeah, it's so that's funny. Not the answer. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this just yeah. such a such a beautiful remembrance, and I'm just so thankful yeah. for you being here and deep diving into Aww. this. And I'm curious, what's been showing up a lot during this pandemic for your clients? Like, what is the thing that just you just keep hearing over and over? And how are you kind of helping them move yeah. through it? Yeah. You know, kind of veering on a different topic quickly, but before we go, I, and as we go back into a lot of lockdown, I'm just like, yeah. what is happening to the to the world right I, now? I know. I think it's been, gosh, it's been really tough. I think that it's been interesting for people to witness themselves during this time, Mm -hmm. right? Because Mm -hmm. we've almost, we've had so much stripped away from us, so many vices, so many things available to us, so many distractions. For a lot of us, we can't even leave our homes. We're faced with our family members constantly. So there's so many, so many triggers and so many hard things to look through. And we're really kind of faced with who we are, right? We can't run away from ourselves. And so I think in the beginning of the pandemic, which I thought was like really great as a coach, everyone was like motivated, right? It was like, oh, we're only going to be here for three weeks. Like, let's bake some banana bread, clean up the kitchen cabinets, do some online yoga. It's going to be great. Everyone had their class schedule and everyone was going super hard. And then I think this pandemic just is is something we've never gone through. It's Mm -hmm. it's unprecedented in, in our generation. And we had no idea all of the layered aspects of this and how long it was going to take and and who knows how long it will take. And all we realize is that we have our own time, our own selves, our own health, our own reactions and responses to this experience. And so what I've been finding now more is that a lot of my clients are just really challenged in staying engaged with the self-work, that everyone's kind of burnt out. Everyone's just burnt out from trying to be productive and burnt out from trying to cook three healthy meals a day for a family of four, seven days a week. And people are just exhausted from being stressed and anxious and they're exhausted of feeling uncertain. And 
And so I feel that that sort of back to being vulnerable leaves so many of us in that vulnerable space to go for the vices, to go for the negativity, to dive into the anxiety, to go for the binging. That just leaves us really vulnerable to that. And also social media, the use of social media is like skyrocketing, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. So because we're home and we're not, it's just in front of our face, we're in front of these screens. And so there's a lot of compare and despair, right? There's like, oh, look at all of these people doing these crazy online workouts and all these fitness gurus are just crushing it on social media. And for somebody who is trying to be body positive or maybe can't, or someone who suffers from exercise bulimia or is addicted to the gym and had all that taken away from them, this is like a terrifying time to be in. Mm -hmm. And so it's terrifying. So having that sort of reflected on social media can be super triggering. So I've been also seeing that come up a lot Mm. with a lot of clients as well. So it's really, this time has stretched me as a coach because Mm -hmm. I feel that, I mean, I think it's stretched everybody individually in their own lives, but it's also really stretched me as a coach to apply these tools, not only in everyday life, but now during a pandemic, right? Right. So now how do we just do these like baseline, like if you do nothing today, but just breathe and maybe sleep an extra hour and have some water and don't look at a screen for an hour, you're winning. Like it's okay. It doesn't have to, you don't have to crush the day. You can just be at peace and that's okay. Like you can reach for a higher emotion and that's enough. Right. So I think a lot of people are are feeling that way and feeling Mm -hmm. a little like, how do I sit in uncertainty and how do I manage my body in a space of uncertainty and emotional exhaustion? Mm-hmm. You know, without having the available tools to me, the, right. the open vegan restaurants and the Equinox classes and all the things, you know, the meditation group and all those supportive things. Yeah. And I think it's a reflection of that often those very things are part of the avoidance. They're part mm-hmm. of the, well, I'm just going to run around and keep myself busy and have all these things on my to-do list so I don't have to actually recognize and confront the truth of what's happening internally. And I think that that's why this time is so beautiful. And I think it's an empowering time for, we've talked about this for both of us to say, how do we support individuals in getting access to these type of tools more and more mm-hmm. often so that when these type of challenges do come up and, and we are confronted with things, we're equipped to manage them from an emotional perspective and we're equipped to say, okay, this is my truth. This is my intuition. This is coming from a heart-centered place and I'm willing and able to, like you said, do a few little things and that's enough for today and be in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's empowering for us. I think when the shadows are lifted, when life gets challenging, if we use this time to cultivate the internal work it is setting us up for years and decades ahead where everything else is going to feel like a breeze it's like i got that i know how to manage my emotions i know how to say no i know how to let go of comparison i can turn my social media off without the addiction component i can do this and i got this um and that's why i'm hopeful although i am constantly in concern and i have to come back to myself around the mental health of what's happening i'm also hopeful that there are people and, and our communities are stepping up and saying, this is the time to be in the jungle gym, right? And to, right. <laughs> and to totally. like build totally. the muscles that I need. 
Totally. And it's for myself. Like it's just, it, the work never ends. Mm-hmm. And for, every time you think you're like, Oh, I got this. I know mm-hmm. <laughs> things, are, things are great. Right. I just got married. Life is, I did it all right. And then like, boom, right. The mm-hmm. universe serves up something else. And yep. then you get, to take, you get to take a moment to ask yourself, how am I going to show up in this? Who am I during this time? What do I stand for? What are my actions going to be? And, I, and I'm just talking about just within the self. Mm-hmm. Who do I stand for on social media? Who do I stand for for myself mm-hmm. in this space? Yeah. How kind can I be? How compassionate can I be? And sometimes being compassionate is just saying, like, it's okay to be anxious and scared. Things are scary. Mm-hmm. Like, that's okay. Like, mm-hmm. that's okay. Mm-hmm. You don't have to beat yourself up. You don't have to be an enlightened being 24 hours a day. You can be scared. <laughs> that's yeah. totally normal. Just having those conversations with yourself mm-hmm. in a tender way mm-hmm. can help you lean into those those more positive behaviors during times like this. Yeah, I'm in agreement. I love that. Thank you so much. And thank you for being here and just being oh, in my man. life. I'm so thankful. <laughs> I'm so I, thankful for you. you I, like, I mean, Sarah, you've done so much for me. I just love you so much. I'm, I'm so, so much. grateful. So grateful. I'm sure people are going to want to find you, learn about you, learn about your programs. Um, and they can always go through me. Like if, if people reach out, I'm always sending them, sending people your way too. <laughs> but if they want to like reach out to you directly, what's the best way to do that? Sure. So my website is intuitivewellness.com. So it's intuitivewellness.com and you can catch me on Instagram. Uh, my name is at Holly Fuchman, F-U-C-H-E-M-A-N. And you can catch me there. Um, and I have links to all of my stuff and my programs. I've done a group coaching program every season, which is exciting. And I also do online yoga classes. If anyone wants to just tap into that community for support, um, I'd love to have them. So I'm excited yeah. to start joining again <laughs> now that my arms are back to normal oh, yes, after my rollerblading accident. I was like, so sad because I I started doing classes with you during during the pandemic and then I had to text you and I'm like I, I can't come anymore like, I can't make class I I have no arms <laughs> I was like I'm so sorry but I can't um, wait wait can't wait to start again so yeah. um yeah so your yoga classes are amazing and thank you so much for being here I love you so much thank you I love you bye. Over the years, Holly has become such a dear friend and amazing coach, and I'm so grateful that she was with us today. And I'm so glad that she was able to share her knowledge and her journey with us in hopes that it inspires you to step in to the body love that you so deeply deserve. I know that trusting our intuition isn't always as easy as it might have sounded today, but I promise you that you can develop this awareness in your life. Essentially, trusting your intuition means trusting yourself and trusting that you can and will make the best decisions for your highest good. As Holly shared, she was leaning on so many aspects of her external environment that were not serving her and were very disconnected from her own intuition. And so I want you to think back to your own life and different scenarios that have played out. How did trusting these external environments, the lifestyle that you created, the community that you've created, the friends you've created, the mentors you've created, the family in your life, and notice if any of that is out of alignment with your intuition, with listening to your heart and trusting in your highest self. And that doesn't mean that we're placing shame or blame on anyone, 
but it just means that we're becoming aware of where there can be disconnection. And so when it comes to our intuition, we choose to place our trust in others so often because we fear if we trust ourselves and make the wrong decision, the burden of that shame will be too heavy to carry and will be placed on us. And so again, we want to place our trust in other people because we don't want to take responsibility for our own decisions. And I'm here to remind you that your gut feeling, that voice inside your heart, the one that pings you in uncomfortable situations, the one that tells you what's right or wrong or what you should be doing to move forward with your life and your health is coming from your highest place of good. Your intuition is designed to protect you. And this week, we're going to learn how to acknowledge and honor it so that you can show up for yourself when you need it. And so as you begin to upgrade this mind-body relationship, you're going to find that your intuition plays a key role in making choices about your well-being from that place of love and trust. And one way to access your intuition is to pause in silence and to breathe just for a few short moments. Notice in that moment if your heart and your body feels open and expansive or does it feel tense and contracted. Notice what's showing up in your body. Know what triggers are coming forward. Notice what tension is coming forward. Notice what stuckness or energy needs to shift. Take some quiet time in the sacred space to practice this connection with your body. Continue to close your eyes, breathe, and come back to your heart, releasing any tension as you inhale and then exhale it out. And continue to ask your body what it needs in that moment. What does your body need in order to serve your highest good? And then wait and trust that the answer will appear. Trusting that the first answer you hear is most likely what you need. And then continue to come back to your breath. Make a habit of this practice and over time, this loving voice of your intuition will communicate with you in each moment and support you and your health. And further, I want to just remind you of what Holly shared, which is appreciating your own unique beauty and how it comes down to one simple belief. Outside of the minor things that you can do to change your appearance, there is this level of surrender and acceptance that needs to happen. Because no matter what you do, you have to embrace that you were born a certain way. I found so much acceptance in this, and it made it so much easier to embrace this one simple mindset. This idea that this loving relationship with my body is on the other side of the belief that I am here for a purpose. And as Holly shared, that means letting go of your old purpose, your old identity, the old way of being, and connecting to your true purpose, whatever that is. For her, it was coaching and helping other women find deep confidence. I trust that you enjoyed this podcast and this episode as much as I did. It was a conversation I believe that we can all benefit from. And I'm so deeply, deeply grateful that you are here connecting to your highest truth and stepping in to your light and love. Make sure to drop me a message on Instagram if you've been listening to these podcasts. Let me know what's been resonating. What do you want to hear more of? How can I support you in becoming a happier, healthier you? I want to connect with you and I want to celebrate you. So please, please connect with me on the gram at Sarah Ann Stewart. 
Until next week, I'm sending you so much love and trusting that you're going to have an epic, beautiful week of trusting your intuition and stepping in to your highest self. All right, that concludes this cast. It is my honor to always be here with you. But hang tight because I have one last thought. You're here right now because you are ready. Because while many of us share the feelings of wanting more, not everyone is willing to do what it takes to get it. But you are here. You are ready. So this is your opportunity now to take what you just learned and implement it today. Make a pact with yourself to put just one thing into action. Just one. Write it down, do it, and share it with me. We are all in this together. Thank you for being here. You too can feel awesome from the inside out.